But wait, there's more. Hi, everybody. It's Terry O'Reilly here, and we're happy to announce something we've never offered before. It's our But Wait, There's More subscriber package. If you're a fan of Under the Influence, you'll get more than ever before. You'll get more bonus episodes like the live recording and audience Q&A we did recently at the Hot Docs Podcast Festival, exclusive for subscribers only. You'll get more podcasts with additional stories. You'll get early access so you can listen to all of our new shows before anyone else. You'll get all of our episodes, including archives, ad-free. Tisk tisk. I won't judge. You'll be invited to Ask Me Anything sit-down chats with yours truly. You'll get first dibs on tickets for live events. You'll get big discounts on Under the Influence merchandise. And that's only the beginning, all for a few bucks a month. Just go to our show page on Apple Podcasts and tap Try Free to start your free seven-day trial. Membership has its privileges. Hmm, you should copyright that. 26 miles from Palm Springs, in Indio, California, a large event is staged every year. It's called 
the Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival. Started in 1999, it's a big two-weekend gathering that draws over 80,000 people a day. Nearly 180 musical acts perform. And while the festival has hosted big names like Paul McCartney, Madonna, and Foo Fighters, it's also an important showcase for emerging artists. Over the years, the festival has had many standout performances, but none was more famous than one particular event that occurred last year. During the closing night concert, Dr. Dre and Snoop Dogg were joined on stage by hip-hop legend Tupac Shakur. You may not think that's so earth-shattering, except that Tupac died 15 years ago. He appeared as a life-sized hologram, strutting across the stage, and stunned the crowd by yelling out, What's up, Coachella? He not only sang and danced with Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre, he interacted with them. The jaw-dropping spectacle was created by the same visual effects company that had produced the film The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Because of their remarkable advances in computer imagery and audio, they were able to create fresh movements and new dialogue. As a company spokesperson later pointed out, the Tupac hologram wasn't found footage, and it wasn't from an existing archival clip. It was an illusion. And it completely wowed the Coachella crowd. And it will wow you too when you watch it on our website. It was so astonishing, as a matter of fact, it makes you wonder if a deceased musician could now, theoretically, go out on tour. Dead celebrities have been very busy lately. The advertising industry alone has been resurrecting them for over 20 years. The use of deceased stars holds a great allure for advertisers. The celebrities remain famous, they never get into trouble, and their good looks are frozen in time. And now with the leaps in technology, they can be made to do and say anything. As a marketing strategy, they attract a lot of money, a lot of attention, and lots of controversy. It's a brand new world, now that nobody's dead anymore. You're under the influence. At a Hollywood party on the evening of August 16, 1977, word spread that Elvis had just died at his Graceland mansion in Memphis. Amid the shock, one talent agent broke the silence by saying, Good career move. As Time magazine later noted, rarely has sarcasm been so prophetic, as many celebrities become more valuable in memory than they were in real life. The marketing of dead celebrities has become big business. Some estimates put licensing and royalty figures at an astounding $2.25 billion annually. In 2008, CKX Inc., a U.S. entertainment firm, paid $100 million for an 85% stake in the Elvis Presley estate. Last year, Marilyn Monroe's image was purchased for a rumored $20 to $30 million by a Canadian marketing firm called The Authentic Brands Group. There's even a term for dead celebs who earn big annual revenues. They're called Delebs. 
Forbes publishes an annual list of the top-earning dead celebrities, and some of them may surprise you. In the number one spot, earning a staggering $210 million last year, was Elizabeth Taylor. Most of that came from a one-time auction of her possessions, which raked in over $180 million. But without those auction results, she won't beat out the number two dead celebrity next year. That deleb is Michael Jackson, the king of pop who died in 2009, earned $145 million last year, 90 million more than our number three entry, Elvis Presley. The king of rock and roll shook up $55 million in revenue. Deleb number four may also surprise you. It's Charles Schultz. The Peanuts creator earned $37 million, a full 60 years after his comic strip was first published. Number five is Bob Marley. The reggae star is very diversified in his post-life holdings, with a beverage company that sells Marley Mellow Mood relaxation drinks and another that sells headphones and speakers. The leader of the Beatles comes in at number six, earning $12 million, with Yoko at the steering wheel. Marilyn Monroe and Albert Einstein both earned $10 million last year. Monroe died in 1962, and Mr. Einstein bequeathed his estate to the Hebrew University of Jerusalem when he died in 1955. While clucks come from chickens and quacks come from ducks, the next person on our list took home $9 million. Bucks. Yes, it's Dr. Seuss, who died in 1991. And rounding out the list of top-earning dead celebrities was the king of cool, Steve McQueen whose real name was Terry. I'll let you draw your own conclusion there. He earned $8 million. Clearly, the business of marketing dead celebrities is a lucrative one. One of the first advertisers to employ dead celebrities was Diet Coke back in 1991. The TV commercial was staged in a hot nightclub with Elton John leading the band. Then, in the crowd, we see Humphrey Bogart. Hello, Joe. What do you know? Next, James Cagney sits down beside a beautiful woman and says... All right, let's sample a bottle. I'll make it two. One for you and one for me. And lo and behold, Louis Armstrong does a trumpet solo and says to Elton... Now is it The dead celebrities were incorporated using old movie and TV clips, and the technique opened the doors to a whole new casting conversation. So who do you see in your TV commercial? John Wayne. He's dead. But what does he cost? Yes, now celebrities were wanted dead or alive. But it's not without its controversies. Earlier this year, a new commercial for Galaxy Chocolate came out in the UK. The bar is made by Mars, hence the name Galaxy. The commercial was titled Chauffeur and starred a young Audrey Hepburn. It's set on Italy's Amalfi Coast in the 1950s. Hepburn is on a bus, which has been stopped in its tracks by an overturned fruit cart. As the bus driver and the fruit vendor argue, A handsome stranger pulls up beside the bus in a convertible and locks eyes with Audrey. He motions her to join him in his car. 
She pauses to consider the invitation, then smiles, gets off the bus, mischievously snatches the bus driver's hat, places it on the head of the stranger, and takes a seat in the back of his car. Off they go, stranger as chauffeur, with Hepburn leaning back dreamily to enjoy her galaxy chocolate bar. The techniques used in this commercial were groundbreaking. The 3D team used an extensive archive of over 70 facial movements and built a software model of Hepburn using the star's entire film catalog, plus all available press and documentary photographs. Every shot in the ad entailed full computer graphic face replacement. The result is quite extraordinary, considering none of it was a clip from any existing Hepburn movie. In other words, they gave Audrey Hepburn a brand new script. It was not unlike when Orville Redenbacher was brought back from the dead for a popcorn commercial in 2007, only the computer imagery used with Hepburn was light years ahead. While the Galaxy Chocolate commercial was criticized by many, it was approved by Hepburn's two sons, but both had different reasons for granting the permission. For her son Sean, it was the nostalgic memories he had of shopping for candy with his mother, who, he says, was a big fan of Mars bars. For her other son Luca, it was his mother's personal history. Audrey's teenage years were spent in Nazi-occupied Holland during the Second World War. He recounts that the first real piece of food given to her by the Liberating Army was chocolate. To her, chocolate was the taste of freedom. The motivations of family when granting the marketing rights to deceased celebrities is always revealing. It's a delicate and difficult subject, because even though dead celebrities are highly marketable, even though they are still in demand, and even if they may have a long history of appearing in commercials, one debatable aspect remains. Delebs can't give their approval. Would Audrey Hepburn have said yes to a chocolate commercial? Would James Cagney have said yes to Diet Coke? Would Humphrey Bogart have said yes to furniture? Premiering now at Thomasville. Style. Glamour. Romance. Unique home furnishings inspired by the life and times of Hollywood legend Humphrey Bogart. Sensational pieces. Fabulous rooms. Perfectly cast for today's home. Thomasville presents... Bogart Lux. While dead celebrities can't give their approval, they also can't cause trouble. When Sybil Shepherd endorsed L'Oreal, then later admitted she didn't dye her hair, it was a PR problem for the advertiser. When Tiger Woods underperforms, so do the Nike shoes he endorses. But Delebs are absolutely dependable. When advertisers consider using a dead celebrity in their marketing, one of the first things they consult is the dead Q score. A Q score is a way to evaluate a celebrity's ongoing marketability and value. A brand's typical customers are surveyed and asked two questions. One, how familiar they are with the celebrity, and two, how much they like them. From those two answers, a final Q score is blended and tallied. The living celebrity with the highest Q score of all time, by the way, is Bill Cosby. And in the case of a deceased celebrity, a dead Q score 
is computed. Audrey Hepburn, for example, had a very high dead Q score and ranked behind only Lucille Ball and Katherine Hepburn. Another Deleb with a high Q score recently made a reappearance for a familiar advertiser. You're a whole new generation that dances through the day. You're grabbing for the magic on the run. You're a whole new generation. You're loving what they do. I put a Pepsi in the motion. But that choice is up to you. Hey, you're the Pepsi generation. That was 1984. Jackson died in 2009. It is said that it was after the filming of the infamous Pepsi commercial, where his hair caught on fire, that he became addicted to painkillers, and that addiction would, in part, contribute to his death many years later. To celebrate the 25th anniversary of Jackson's ad that featured his song Bad, Pepsi inked a partnership with Jackson's estate to not only produce one billion commemorative Pepsi cans featuring the singer, but to also create a 15-second TV commercial with footage of Jackson dancing, directed by Canadian Marco Brambilla. It's interesting to note that when Michael Jackson died, he was over $500 million in debt. But, according to Forbes, with record sales and marketing license income, Jackson's post-mortem earnings have now wiped the slate clean. And we'll be right back. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. If you're enjoying this episode, why not dip into our archives? Available wherever you download your pods. Go to terryoreilly.ca for a master episode list. When UK agency Saatchi and Saatchi created an ad for Doc Martin's boots in 2007, it showed late Nirvana frontman Kurt Cobain sitting on a cloud in heaven wearing the boots. Even though he was known to wear the boots when he was alive, Cobain's wife, Courtney Love, was furious. The CEO of Doc Martens pulled the ads, apologized to Love, and fired his ad agency. There may have been a reason why Courtney Love just got mad, but didn't sue. There is no protection for dead celebrities in Britain. Their rights die with them. The law is a very interesting aspect of marketing dead celebrities. In Canada, a dead celebrity's rights are protected for 14 years after death. In the U.S., it varies from state to state. New York, for example, offers no protection to dead celebrities. California, on the other hand, offers the most. And it all started with one legal case in particular. In the mid-60s, the widow and son of the horror star Bella Lugosi took Universal Studios to court. The Lugosi estate wanted to prevent Universal from pocketing all the merchandise profits based on Lugosi's 1930s Dracula films. After an 11-year lawsuit, the Lugosi's failed to win the case, but it inspired other estates to pick up the fight. Eventually, California introduced the Celebrities Rights Act in 1985, creating publicity protection for deceased celebrities, which lasted for 70 years after their death. Those rights could also be bequeathed to their heirs. But it had a caveat. Those rights were only available to celebrities who died after 1985. It made sense that California would have the most comprehensive dead celebrity rights in the country, having the most celebrities per square inch which led to a very interesting case with one of its most famous stars. Several well-known photographers had snapped very famous photographs of Marilyn Monroe over the years. Think of the famous shot of her standing over the subway grate in the billowing white dress. The Monroe estate at that time was owned 75% by Monroe's acting teacher, Lee Strasberg, and 25% by her psychoanalyst. In 1996, the estate hired a management company to control licensing for Monroe's rights and image, including all photographs. In a series of lawsuits, the families of the photographers challenged the estate's right to control Monroe's image. They were tired of paying licensing fees for the use of their own property. Plus, because she had died in 1962, it predated the California Celebrity Rights Act. That's when Hollywood raced to fast-track a new bill. 
To protect Monroe and other celebrities, it allowed any star who had died since January 1938 to transfer their publicity rights to their heirs. The legislation was quickly signed by Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger. But that's when it got interesting. It turns out that when Marilyn Monroe died, her estate fought for years to prove she was a New York resident in order to avoid paying California's state income tax on residuals she earned from her many movies. They argued her New York apartment was her primary home, and her L.A. house was just used when she was filming. As a matter of fact, Monroe's will was probated in New York. But you can't have it both ways. Because New York doesn't recognize post-mortem celebrity rights, the photographers won the case. But maybe the one story that sums up the controversial use of dead celebrities was triggered by a campaign that aired during the Super Bowl in 1997. A series of three 15-second ads were launched that featured Fred Astaire dancing with a Dirt Devil vacuum cleaner. Footage was taken from two Fred Astaire movies, and the vacuum cleaner was inserted as his dancing partner. The amazing Dirt Devil broom vac sweeps and picks up dirt in one easy motion. You'll never have to stoop to using a dustpan again. Nothing escapes the power of a Dirt Devil. In the footage from the movie Royal Wedding, Astaire is really dancing with a hat rack. But through clever computer graphic techniques, the rack was replaced with the Dirt Devil. Fred Astaire's widow, Robin, granted the permission for the campaign. It was the first time she had ever let an advertiser use her husband's image. She felt strongly the commercials were, quote, artistically suitable and that Fred had often danced with props in his movies, from mops to brooms to, well, hat racks. Mrs. Astaire also felt no one understood his wishes more clearly when it came to his image than she did. That wasn't Fred Astaire's first blush with advertisers either. His 1930s radio show was sponsored by the Packard Motor Company. The Packard Hour! Starring the screen's most versatile personality, Fred Astaire. Fred also did commercials in his later years, like this one for Western Airlines, which he starred in with his old dancing pal, Gene Kelly. Hey, if you could move those famous legs a little, a fellow might be able to sit down. Well, if it isn't Mr. Kelly, watch your step, Sonny Boy. These are new shoes. Sonny Boy? <laughs> I gotta say, you're looking pretty turned out, kid. Not bad for over on the road. <laughs> uh, you know, Fred, you never stop traveling in style. Oh, come see what it's like to travel in style on the Western Airlines. It's the only way to fly. Fred Astaire's son, Fred Jr., supported Robin in her decision to sign the deal with Dirt Devil. However, Fred's daughter, Ava, felt differently. She stated publicly she was saddened that, after her father's wonderful career, he was, quote, sold to the devil, dirt devil. But there was another reason why Robin Astaire licensed her late husband's image to the vacuum cleaner company. She had been fighting to protect his image for years and took many companies to court for selling unauthorized merchandise. 
At one point, there was unauthorized Fred Astaire jewelry, cologne, tuxedos, and even condoms. When Astaire died at 88, he didn't leave behind a large estate, and defending her husband's legacy was expensive. Robin had already spent over $1 million on legal fees. In the ultimate irony, she needed the commercial revenues in order to keep protecting Fred's image. Celebrity endorsements have always been a staple of modern marketing. We live in an attention economy wrapped inside celebrity culture, and there's no better way to get instant attention for a brand than to employ a star, dead or alive. Yet, the use of dead celebrities is fraught with issues. Is it morally right? Does it harm the celebrity's legacy? Does it enhance a brand's image? Does it sell product? Then there's the issue of what the public thinks when they see a late celebrity selling chocolate or vacuum cleaners. Does it creep them out? But what if the family of the celebrity is okay with it? One thing is certain. It is a fast-growing industry. The licensing of dead celebrities is headed to $3 billion a year in North America alone. The sudden surge might just be fueled by technology. With incredible advancements, it's opening doors that were unimaginable to advertisers in the past. No longer is it a matter of harvesting old movie and TV clips. Today, as the Tupac hologram and Audrey Hepburn chocolate commercial demonstrate, dead celebrities can now be given brand new scripts. There was also a delicious irony in our story today. One of the earliest legal cases that tried to protect the rights of dead celebrities was based on Bela Lugosi, the actor best known for portraying Dracula, a character famous for rising from its coffin. But not even death can keep a good celebrity down these days. It's enough to give Arnold Schwarzenegger's famous line, I'll be back, a whole new meaning when you're under the influence. I'm Terry O'Reilly. celebrities who have gone on to the great green room in the sky. Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's the most dadgum idea I've ever heard. Yeah, what do they think of next? Anyway, uh, I, uh, I, uh, uh, better go. This is a long, long distance call. Under the Influence was produced at Pirate Toronto. Sound engineer, Keith Oman. Theme music by Ari Posner and Ian Lefevre. Series coordinator, Debbie O'Reilly. Research, Lama Balagi. By the way, I know you've been dreaming of wearing an Under the Influence t-shirt. Or maybe I was dreaming that. But anyway, we have them for sale on our shop page. 
And if you listen to the show while sipping a tea or a coffee, have we got the mug for you. Go to terryoreilly.ca slash shop. See you next week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.